Yeah, you look great. Thank you. No, no, I don't. I look horrible right now. I'm looking at myself in the little video window. I haven't shaved. My hair is a, my hair is askew. Mustache hair is flying every which way. Yeah, you didn't have to tell everyone that. Got to get my teeth whitened. This t-shirt doesn't make sense for the season. This t-shirt is black. That makes no sense. As soon as I walk outside, the sun will abs- get absorbed by the black of this t-shirt and I'll be all hot and sweaty. I think I have a rash on my neck. Yeah. But other than that, I'm as fit as a fiddle and looking forward to another wonderful episode of our conversations that we do. Welcome, everybody, to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on political outcomes and current events. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, and my name is Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And yes, that is my birth name. You can check the birth certificate if you must. I'm joined on the line by someone named Long John Silver, but no, that's not his actual name. His actual name is really funky. It's John Kimball. And the crazy thing is he lives way down south in the Old North State in a place called North Carolina. If God is not a Tar Heel, my friends, then why is the sky Carolina blue? Tar Heel born, a Tar Heel bred, and when he dies, he'll be a Tar Heel dead. John, how are you this morning? Great. How are you doing, David? Hey, everyone out there. I'm doing okay, I suppose. Why don't you give our listeners a fact or two about North Carolina? North Carolina was originally formed in 1663, uh, and it was originally called Carolina. Uh, Over the years, the two Carolinas, sort of the northern part of Carolina and the southern part of Carolina, became politically uh, the opposite in many ways because uh, South Carolina was much richer. It had a very uh, deep port in Charleston, and Charleston back then was one of the largest cities in the United States. In North Carolina, you just kind of had a bunch of yeoman farmers, and it was very poor. It was a lot of... uh, outlaws that were sort of funneling down from Virginia, trying to stay away from the tax man. Dare we say bad boys? Yes, bad boys, certainly. Is North Carolina the bad boy state? It was a. It was originally uh, founded by bad boys. Mm. Of, of the original 13 colonies, yes, I would say so. They should put that on the license plates instead of first in flight. The bad boy state. That's true. I like that. Flying bad boys. Yeah. The Winged Monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Didn't the witch and the Wizard of Oz have some an yeah, army of flying monkeys and they would fly? Terrifying. It was very scary, right? It was terrifying when you were a child. Yeah, that movie was made in 1939. Here we go. Even more facts and figures? What a blessed day. That seemed like a movie that was made more recently because it was... Uh, when they started filming, it was so long ago, they only had black and white. And over the course of the production, they invented color cameras, color film, and they were I, able to switch is that to true? full color. I don't think that's true. Yeah, they shot, the, they shot the opening and closing scenes like a year before the rest of the movie. And back then, they only had black and white film. But then when it came to shoot the main part of the movie, they had developed um, Kodachrome film, which was the first color film. And that's why the main... Part of that movie is in color. That's a little Hollywood tidbit. Ah. I've been reading a book called Hollywood Trivia for the Mentally Gifted, and that was one of the facts in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what other movie came out in 1939? Citizen Kane by Orson Welles. Maybe. What? Uh, I think Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, another classic movie. Yeah. In that movie, Clark Gable says, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. 
and it was very controversial. Yeah, it was. They even had to pay a fine, I think. I'm not sure they had to pay a fine, but they had to give up some other things in order to get it. Because back then, you were only allowed to cuss once a month. Is that and what? Clark, <laughs> and Clark Gable's <laughs> like, I really want to swear right now, but I need to save this cuss for my movie, for my big scene. Uh, when I'm gonna, This is going to be one of the all-time great rejections. This is like a real diss. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. Uh, we watched it in high school, which looking back on it is kind of weird. I think it was part of a history class. We watched the entire thing. Yeah. That's the only time yeah. I ever saw it was sitting in a classroom, probably over the course of a week. Yeah. Well, that's not great. Gone with the Wind. That's a good title. Yeah. Gone with the Wind. You, If you didn't know anything about it, you say, what on earth is that about? Is it about a memory? Is it about a fragrance? Is it about a confetti being blown about every which way gone with the wind honey i'm no oh you know what clark gable should have said instead of frankly my dear i don't give a damn he should have turned to her and said you know what babe i'm gone i'm gone with the wind and then he should just run away i think it was more about like the cause being gone oh the southern cause yeah yeah that's right lost cause takes place in the south yeah well that's your hollywood update And that's going to have to suffice because I didn't see any movies this week, so I have no further Hollywood uh, takes to offer our listeners. John, did you see any movies in the movie theater this week? Did not. Followed uh, some Games of Thrones uh, threads on Twitter, but... uh, What's the latest with that? I don't know. A bunch of funny comments about silly looking dragons with necks that are too long, which really was uh, delighted me. It was very funny. But I have no idea. Yeah. Good. But I'm glad you found enjoyment on Twitter. Yeah. So few of us do, but I'm glad for those that can. Well, I suppose we'll start the episode now. It's called Election Profit Makers. This and every episode of our podcast shares the same title, namely Election Profit Makers. There's a lot to talk about, actually. When I look at this outline, I'm getting a little um, whoo, overwhelmed. I guess the big the big news, I guess, since last we spoke, John, is this student debt cancellation dilly yeah huge is biden the best president of our lifetime (laughs) he has had an incredible week who has Um, a month like he who has a month in august no less like biden has had i don't know i can't in in recent memory i don't remember uh a mood among uh constituents changing so quickly as it has in August, people are really on the Biden bandwagon, and approval ratings are up five points. I bet they'll rise even higher. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I you know I don't know why necessarily the approval ratings are high. Is it is it because of Dobbs? Is it because the gas prices are going down? Is it because of the student debt relief? Whatever it is, they are going up, and and Biden seems to be doing no wrong, and he actually looks better. It's affecting his psyche. When he gets out there, he seems a little sharper. A little feistier, a little funkier. But I think maybe that happens as you get closer to the midterms. You know, the president starts to come out and take a few shots at the opposition. White House Twitter account going ham on Republicans who oppose these so-called student loan handouts. Yeah, I kind of like that. I think some people pointed out that, oh, well, you know, these people... Loans were not supposed to be paid back, so that's kind of not a fair comparison. But I think they're just pointing out the hypocrisy. I think a big part of it is that a lot of people, myself included, had written Biden's had written off the rest of Biden's term. Like it's over, nothing will get done. Mansion and Cinema killed Build Back Better. Nothing's going to happen there. 
you heard rumors of a $10,000 student debt cancellation. And I assume that's all it would be. Everybody just gets $10,000 wiped off the bottom line. But this deal is actually much bigger and better than that. And then you had Dobbs, of course, which is kind of outside of Biden's control, but puts focus on something that Democrats have an upper hand in for many Americans, the majority of whom want abortion uh, to be an option for 10-year-olds who are carrying their race rapist's baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it all makes sense, but it really is like the art of managing expectations. Joe Biden, this dude played us like a fiddle. My expectations could not have been lower coming into the summer. Yeah, you were psyched when the student debt thing happened. You just didn't believe it would happen or you're surprised that it was more. You didn't have student debt. I mean, current student debt. Maybe you had student debt back in the day. but No, I never had student debt. I was very lucky. Yeah, same here. When I was born, my grandpa set up a trust fund to pay for my college. So I never had to take out student loans. So I was very lucky. And student debt wasn't something I thought about much, but you know, our friend Astra Taylor has been involved in the debt collective for years and years and years, and she gets a lot of credit and congratulations for what's happened this past week. There's a lot of hard work by Astra and a lot of other activists and organizers. And of course, uh, they have announced that the work is far from over. This is a first step, not a final destination. I was like, I don't know, man, if it had been me, I'd be like, yeah, we're done. I would just go retire to, I would go retire to an island in the Caribbean. Just love life. Like, yeah, they took this issue from this is something that in the last handful of years went from being unthinkable and insane to something that's actually happening. And like I mentioned earlier in the week when they were saying that he's going to make an announcement about canceling $10,000, I was like, oh man, that's it. Come on. No, that sucks. Like, once again, you're only just going to do a little thing and you're still going to get beat up for it on both sides. But when they made the announcement, I went on Reddit and found myself in the subreddit student loans, r slash student loans. And that was very, uh, very powerful because that's where I actually saw the significant thing, which is if you meet a certain income threshold and you make your minimum monthly payment, even if that minimum monthly payment is around $0 because of your current financial situation, you don't accrue interest on your student loan. So if you always make your minimum monthly payment, your balance is not going to go up. Now, I myself have had wonderful excursions with credit cards where I see me, I make the payment, but I don't have a lot of money. So I'm only making the minimum. So every month you're fucking, you owe more and more money. Like you can't get out of it. And you see all these testimonials from people who are like, yeah, I took out some student loans in 1997. I graduated with $4,000 in student loans. And now I've been paying them for 60 years in my balance is $142,000. Just like the trauma of like, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's nothing you can do. Right. So the people on student loans were like, this is amazing. If I know that X is the amount I have to pay off and it's never going to be X plus one, psychologically, that's such a huge thing to know. Your payments are making a difference because you don't have to pay interest. And the other thing is that uh, now the um, minimum, your now your monthly payment is capped not at 10% of your discretionary income, but 5% of your discretionary income. There's all these other things other than the $10,000 or $20,000 if you had a Pell Grant. Right. So the thing that was affecting me about reading these 
testimonials or these questions or these posts on the subreddit about student loans was there were two distinct reactions that were each kind of emotional, each in their own way. The first was obviously very straightforward. People typing like, I'm literally crying right now. This is incredible. This is a game changer. I feel like I can breathe. You know, I've been the only earner for my family since COVID. And all of a sudden, that's 10,000 extra dollars I don't have to worry about in my interest. Like there was all that stuff. And that was just nice to read, you know? Um, people saying, yeah, I'm a lesbian dance major and I have $500,000 in student loans and now some mechanic is going to have to pay for it. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. that these hardworking Americans have to pay for my weird degree while I sit around with my thumb up my butt doing lesbian dance and working at a coffee shop. <laughs> Just kidding. The other Wait set minute, of reactions- that didn't happen? No, that didn't happen. Oh. Although to talk to some Republicans, you'd think it was quite a common occurrence, but we'll get to that later. The other thing right. that was affecting was- People in the student loan subreddit who literally could not believe it was true. They were like, wait a minute, did this actually happen? And then other people having to come in and be like, yeah, and it's actually better than you probably think it is because blah, 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 interest rate, blah, 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 income cap, blah, 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 Pell Grant, all this stuff. It was like people are so conditioned to believe that the government can't help them. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very deliberate. Like it's in the government's interest to have everybody believe the government can't help. Because then they won't have to help, right? That's what I would do if I was government. So it was also cool to have people have have people with a little more knowledge of the situation patiently explain to their co-debtors, like, no, this is happening and here's what it means. And then people would be like, holy shit, they actually did that? That's incredible. It was, it was the sense of um, possibility, right? And again, I think this is why Astra and everyone else in the Debt Collective and uh, all the other groups that have been working on this for months and months and leaning on Chuck Schumer to lean on Joe Biden, which actually worked. If you read the articles about how this thing actually passed to Sh- Chuck Schumer's credit, he was just being fucking annoying about it. Every time he was on the plane with Joe Biden, he would get up Joe Biden's get up in Joe Biden's ear about the student debt cancellation and stuff. For all those people, this is obviously not the this is this is not the be all end all of student debt. Like they turned around the next day and they're like, no, not enough. Like you have to yeah. college. Watching be free. Astra, Astra, yeah, when they said, oh, this is going to take place in four to six weeks, she was like, no, no, yeah, this needs tonight. to take place right <laughs> now. No paperwork. It just needs to happen. I mean that, so, but that's how you do it, right? You yeah. push and push and push and push, and then they're I, like, I okay, 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 God, what about this? What about this? So congratulations to Astra and everybody yeah. else involved in that. Yeah, I mean, already you're starting to see some polls out about this. You got a new CBS News poll, YouGov America. Biden canceling student loan debt for certain borrowers. 54% of people polled approved of this and 88% of Democrats. That makes sense. 52% of independents. So, I mean, it is, uh, it's according to this poll anyway, it is a not unpopular position. And then look at by age. By age is crazy. Oh, wow. Okay. So people over 65 are not so into it. Big surprise. Uh, it's about 50 Because back when they went to college, you could go to college and get your degree in lesbian dance theory for like two bags of grain and an old mule. That's right. Old people have no idea how freaking expensive college has gotten. That's the right. thing I've realized. They have no idea how fucking co- expensive college is now. If you're looking at people between 30 and 44 years of age, it's 64% approve. And if you look at people under the age of 30, 75% approve. Amazing. But those people don't vote, they say. Right. And but, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. 
Well, they're always never going to vote in the numbers that 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 uh, you know the other demographics do. But if they vote in higher numbers than they do normally, every little bit counts when you have a country that is split so closely as ours. Right. Latinos approval sixty three thirty two. Black approval eighty eight twelve. Yeah. It's pretty much just men that don't approve because all men are Republicans now. And that's even, even it's just, it's barely it's 48 to 52. And I think as, as the word gets out about the impact of, of this decision, it kind of feels like the more people learn about it, the higher the approval will go. The, the it's not like the Republicans are going to be able to sway people against it by explaining what it actually entails. What about if they lie about it? Well, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> there was like, a, I would love to see the memo that must have gone out from from the RNC or something that just said, what is our response to this going to be? Dance majors, women's studies majors. Like, they are, it's like they, it's like if all of America went to Oberlin College in, 19, in 1993, like me, like I did, and I'm proud to say I did. And yes, I did live with a dance major. And yes, she was a feminist, you know? There's so everyone is talking about dance majors, lesbian studies majors, gender. I mean, it's very, you know, there's you don't have to be a super genius to be like, okay, they're coding this as something for rich white weirdo libs, right? Right. But I mean, the stats don't back that up. They're not like, why should some trucker have to pay for the degree of some nurse? Like that doesn't quite go as well. So they have to they have to do the most extreme thing. Why should some machinist have to pay for some lesbian dance queer theory croissant major i love it that's all they got yeah Yeah. and i think it's like gay marriage i think there are enough americans out there even in red areas that have some experience with some family member who struggled with student loan debt Mm -hmm. for like an actual quote-unquote real degree not some made-up oberlin sounding degree that i think it will it i think it will permeate the national sensibility. Does that make sense? Like, I really believe that. Maybe that's stupid, but I kind of think that's what's going to happen. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So far, what do we know? We have these approval polls about the actual uh, decision, and then we have Biden's approval ticking up by 5%. Maybe that's, maybe that's not recent enough to account for the student loan thing. But it does seem like, I don't know, he's doing things. He's, he's, he's thriving and jiving. This is, this is Uncle Joe. Let's look at some of these tweets. Okay. You know what? This should be Bad Boy of the Week segment. We haven't done Bad Boy of the Week in a while. All right. Bad Boy of the Week. Everybody get ready. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have fun. Party, party. It's Bad Boys of the Week. Let's get it popping. Bad Boys are number one. All right, folks. Welcome to Bad Boy of the Week. We have found some wonderful tweets and statements from um, certain politicians, or should we say economic and anthropological experts? About the dynamics underlying the student loan forgiveness cancellation deal. Let's start with Ted Cruz, John. What did Ted Cruz say? Oh, if you don't know, Ted Cruz is, is a senator in um, Texas, and he's cool, and he has a beard. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So Ted Cruz, he says there's a real risk of Biden forgiving some student uh, loan debt is going to help Democrats in the midterms. That there is a real risk if if you are that that slacker barista 
who, who, who wasted seven years in college studying completely useless things, now has loans and can't get a job. Joe Biden just gave you 20 grand. Like, holy cow, 20 grand. That, you know, maybe you weren't going to vote in November and suddenly you just got 20 grand. And, you know, if you can, you know, get off the bong for a minute and, and, and head down to the voting station uh, or just send in your mail-in uh, ballot that the Democrats have helpfully sent you, um, it could drive up turnout. Hmm. Uh, particularly among young people. If you could get off the bong for a minute. The picture of Cruz where he's saying this, I love it. It looks like it's on some Tonight Show. He's kind of leaned back. He's like, yeah, I'm telling jokes. He's leaning back in an armchair with his beard. There's a cactus yeah. behind him. Yeah. It's like one of those those settings where you just whatever you're going to say, it's going to kill. He really does have a swagger to him. Yeah. He gets points for the image of the slacker barista who spent not four years in college, seven years in college. He's painting a picture here of entitlement. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and that's that's vivid storytelling. But he really messed up because he didn't specify what the slacker barista spent seven years doing. He just said a completely useless degree. And I'm like, oh, well, then I guess she was an econ major. Yeah, that's a zing. That's a zing. Yeah. Seven years. I want to know more. Did she switch majors at, at like spring semester senior year? I was like, oh shit, I have to start all over again. If I'm going from lesbian dance theory to trans dance theory, that's three and a half years of credits I need to make up for. This is going to take seven years now. Right. He could have, he could have filled it out a little. Should take some notes from some of his colleagues. Yeah. So who else do we have? Because some of them actually had real degrees that these slacker baristas got. Yeah, you got Lauren Bobert. She's always good for a quote. Um, let's see what she's, she says here. Joe Biden is robbing hardworking Americans to pay for Karen's daughter's degree in lesbian dance theory. Here That's we go. pretty good. Here we go. And I think there's some jujitsu here because... I always, you know, like it, the fact that it's Karen's daughter. Yeah. That's very interesting. That feels like a, an, an indie movie. That feels like a Noah Baumbach movie because Karen, as at least as Karen is popularly construed, Karen's lean sort of white and conservative in the popular imagination. But this is Karen's own daughter getting into lesbian dance. That's a rupture in that household. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So is she taking the position of Karen? No, I think what Lauren Boebert did, I'm not going to assume that Lauren Boebert shares the sensibility of a Noah Baumbach. So I'm going to assume that what she is doing is just using Karen as a catch-all for bad person, even though, ironically, Lauren Boebert herself would be coded as a Karen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, and by no, the way, I... the reason that I'm able to do this sort of textual analysis is, yes, because I was a philosophy major at Overland College. Okay? Party, party. So you reap the you reap the whirlwind and you sow the wheat, okay? Or you sow you reap what you sow. So you sow the wheat and then you reap the whirlwind. And right now it's reaping season for Kid Midas, okay? So Lauren Boebert knows Karen is coded negatively, doesn't understand that she herself is probably a Karen to most people. So she uses Karen as a bogeyman placeholder. Does that? I think that's what she's doing, unless yeah. she's so smart that she is doing the Noah Baumbach move. But yeah, anyway, she's smart. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, 
She, uh, there, this is a little bit of Hollywood news that just broke, which is that Lauren Boebert has signed um, a development deal with A24. They're going to be producing her next two movies. One is kind yeah. of like a cool twist on teen horror movies, but it has something to say about the current state of political discourse. And then the other one is a little more abstract, but they're saying it's going to be the new everything everywhere all at once. But with kind yeah. of like a Boebert twist, it's like a multiverse and finger hot dogs and all this kind of stuff, but it's really going to have more of her sensibility. And they're saying the working title is everyone everywhere is a lesbian dance major, even in the funky parallel dimensions. So we're excited about that. And we wish her congratulations because a 24 is very hot, very hot um, studio right now or distributor or whatever they are. I don't know what they are. Yeah. Distributor. I think distributor John Kimball weighing in on a 24. Yeah. Cycle of life is completed. We shut down society. I do think they are a distributor. They like might be, John. That. You might know more about A24 than me, but I know I've seen more A24 movies than you. Yeah. Green Room. Right. Green Room. Look at look at you. What is this? IMDB? Who am I talking to over yeah, here? Yeah. I love this. I love this, John. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, who's next? Speaking of specificity and narrative and the art of storytelling, Jim Jordan weighed in as well, John. Yeah. Jim Jordan says... Why should a machinist in Ohio pay for the student loans of a jobless philosophy major in Los Angeles? This is the best one. And John, you know why. Because I am literally a jobless philosophy major. Right. And yes, I do usually live in Los Angeles, but I'm spending this time now in Brooklyn. So Jim Jordan, A, keep up. Okay, I'm like the wind. I'm gone with the wind. I slipped through your fingers. You thought I was still in Los Angeles when you were subtweeting me here? Yeah, but Keep he up. still kind of second- nailed it. He nailed yeah, it. Yeah, jobless philosophy major in Los Angeles. I read that and I was like, Gulp! like a Looney Tunes cartoon where somebody has to swallow something. Gulp! He got me. Yeah. But here's, but here's the thing. The machinist in Ohio? Well, first of all, actually, the thing is I don't have student loans, so no one's paying for shit for me. Okay, so ha, ha, ha. That machinist in Ohio, I'm going to write him a letter and say, don't worry, you don't owe me any money. Unless you want to give me some money, some free money. I'm not going to turn down free money at this point, right? But no, no one ever does. The machinist in Ohio versus the jobless philosophy major in Los Angeles. I mean, they're really they're really painting a clear picture here. Yeah. I think I understand the dynamic they're going for here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That poor machinist in Ohio. It's, yeah, they're laying it on pretty thick. And it's, I mean, it's where they've always been. So I don't know. It's not that unique. Honestly, the jobless philosophy major in Los Angeles is probably making $800,000 a year writing on young Sheldon. You know what I mean? I mean, you've got 0.4% of these degrees are in, you know, philosophy or gender studies or, or dance. So you would think that those would be the jobs that actually paid a lot. Supply and demand. Whereas everybody else is majoring in STEM and economics party party john let's end with the first tweet i saw in this new genre of literary fiction don jr that's donald trump jr to you yes he writes on twitter canceling student debt is a tax on the most responsible people in the country forcing people who worked hard to repay their loans or those who didn't have the luxury of going to college to subsidize people who wasted money on worthless Gender study degrees is a slap in the face. Mm. Mm. And then then David wrote over top of this tweet that he sent me, cry more. 
Oh, Don Jr. This is what I'll say about Don Jr. He was first out the gate, as far as I could tell, but that's too long-winded and it's too generic. And also, I want to say, whatever happened to underwater basket weaving as the as the paradigm of useless college degrees? Remember when that that's was always right. the punchline? Yeah. Back in the day, they'd say, oh, what are you going to study? Underwater basket weaving? Nowadays, they would probably mention gender stuff because gender is now as ridiculous as as weaving baskets underwater yeah gender actually has a target the underwater basket weaving isn't hurting anybody yeah it's not sticking because like what am i supposed to do be mad at water yeah. i'm supposed to be mad the at other baskets? one you've got to like everybody really loves baskets. stick it to you're sticking it to the people studying the gender studies but you're actually st- sticking it to people who aren't using pronouns properly right exactly yeah but back in the day if, if this had happened by executive decision back in the 90s, all these, and if Twitter had existed back in the 90s, which would have been amazing, and if all these politicians had been famous back in the 90s, I bet all this stuff would mention underwater basket weaving. Yeah. Because that used to be the go to of an insane, the, in, the insane limit of what a liberal arts college could offer you underwater basket weaving. I wonder if there's anybody still using it and they just haven't caught up. All right. So who, who, who's the bad boy of the week, John? Who gave the best tweet? The best dumb tweet about Joe Biden's student debt cancellation that is also simultaneously the most transparently trying to set up what they want the conversation to be. I sort of like Bobert's jujitsu by throwing in Karen. Yeah, that one is the richest text, if I can use academic parlance. I think the lower, that text is going to be scrutinized. It's like James Joyce or something. It's just like Derrida. People are going to be studying this for decades, being like, what the fuck is this mean? Where is the meaning? Is it in the symbol? Is it in the author? No, it can't be in the author because Stanley Fish said we killed the author, right? Yeah. But whatever happened to Stanley Fish, by the way? Do you remember when Stanley Fish had a no. column in the New York Times and he was being such a contrarian about everything? What happened to that? When that was fell that? fell off. What? Did Stanley when, Fish when? die? Hold on. No, he's still alive. Okay. Okay. You should like Stanley Fish because his last name is Fish and you like fish weirs. Yeah. Congratulations, Lauren Bobert. You are Election Profit Maker's Bad Boy of the Week and your text will be studied for generations to come. You are the new Derrida. John, let's turn to predictit.org, the website we use to make untold millions of dollars. Uh, in spite of it being such a busy week with the uh, release of the Mar-a-Lago FBI seizure affidavit and Biden's student loan thing, my market, nothing really changed. What about you? Well, nothing in, in any of the particular markets that I'm in, but this special election that occurred in New York on Tuesday, where you had Democrat Pat Ryan, the West Point grad and Iraq war veteran, beating Mark Molinero in, a, in this election. This is the district where uh, Antonio Delgado had resigned back in May to become lieutenant governor. And it was expected that the Republican was going to win. They thought Molinaro was going to win. Yes. But Pat Ryan won. And it was a bit of a surprise. And it caused a lot of the people that do the handicapping and the ratings to switch and 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 make a lot of the Senate and um, House uh, rating changes. You're talking about when it goes from like toss up to lean D or strong R to lean R. Yes. Yes. G. Elliot Morris, who's one of these uh, ratings uh, data journalists, uh, said that his 
election model is now uh, consistent with Democrats winning 51.3% of the two-party vote for the House in November. And he says that is exactly the threshold they need to keep their majority. So if the election were held today, he would say it would be about 50-50. Now, typically, as you get closer to the election, it might start to swing back to the opposition party, the party that of, of the uh, the party of the outpower, the outpower party, right? Party, 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 party. So, you know, others weighed in and said that if you hadn't had all this redistricting that went against the Democrats in Florida and Ohio, that it might be a situation where the House even leaned toward the Democrats at this point. So I wanted to go on predict it and look at the balance of power market. And you actually had some pretty big movement in that one bracket uh, that has the Democrats keeping the House and keeping the Senate, controlling both. It went from 20 cents to 27 cents overnight. So that's a pretty big move. It's still not what traders believe is going to happen, but the, the odds of that happening have gone up. You know, a market that I wish I hadn't got out of is the L.A. Mayor, mayoral election market, Karen Bass and Rick Caruso, because there was a front page article uh, in the L.A. Times about Bass is now leading Caruso by 12 points, whereas a few months ago, it looked like this was Caruso's race to lose. And the analysis apparently is the Dobbs decision by the Supreme Court. Rick Caruso was running as a Democrat, but he used to be a Republican. Mm. I mean, this this was all there. I mean, the Dobbs thing is like, um, I'm going to say something that probably none of you have ever heard before, because this is such a insightful analysis. Most people have probably not thought of it. The Dobbs decision was a huge deal, not a big deal, a huge deal. It's very clarifying, very clarifying. That's my analysis. Yeah. I think, I think you're assuming the polling is correct. Right. Uh, we have seen huge movement. I mean, think about – I mean, that would have been enough. This is what I can't get over about this month of August that will that will always be seared into our memory. Then out of nowhere, they passed the Inflation Reduction Act. So now Biden's like, yeah, I get shit done. Look at that. 50-50 Senate. What? Joe Manchin and I totally schooled Mitch McConnell. We stabbed him in the back. You love it. Then he's like, oh, and by the way, let me fuck around and fuck up these student loans for a minute. Now, it's not perfect, as we all know. It doesn't do everything, but it does more than a lot of us were expecting. Yeah. Then, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the FBI is like, Donald Trump has top secret intelligence documents lying around his golf course, like, just in closets, randomly. Yeah, in his bedroom. In his be- in his bedroom, where he was probably masturbating to them. Maybe getting off on the power and the intel, right? Who among us wouldn't, you know? Yeah, intel, yeah. and that's and that's a bonus crime. That's a bonus crime that none of us had any inkling of as recently as like a month ago. Just out of nowhere, we get what might be the most catastrophic and dangerous thing he's ever done. This month and it didn't is have bonkers. To ha- they did everything they could to not have this happen. They like a said, year and a half, they've been trying to get this stuff back. back on the down low. Please just give it back. And they were like, no, we're not giving it back. No, we're not giving it back. Okay, we gave it back. We don't have anything else. Yeah, yeah you didn't don't. didn't have anything else. Opposition <laughs> defiant disorder must be the ultimate rush. I need some of that. Yeah. 
because yeah, I'm such a little have... coward to be like, yes, you can have it all back. I'm so sorry. Not Trump. Trump's like, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give it back. Fuck you. Yeah, I just gave it yeah. back. That's the top secret intelligence. Fuck you. I mean, that must be yeah. something. I'm sure I have a little bit of narcissism. I know I do. And I know Trump, but the opposition defiant disorder, I need a taste of that. Yeah. You think that's what it is? Yeah, absolutely. It's not that he's just stupid. Well, no. I mean, I think he, why can't it be You're both? You're saying he's smart. I'm not saying he's smart. I just think he's like, he didn't give it back because he was supposed to give it back. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Have you ever felt that way? Like, I know I'm supposed to do this. And that's the best argument for not doing it because I'm supposed to do it. So I'm not right. going to do it. Like that's. But what I it think is. also part of it is is that just he hasn't been held accountable. So he has been rewarded for that defiance. We're not punished. Okay, there's some of that. But if we're gonna if we're gonna psychoanalyze this guy, I think there's some other stuff. One is that he can, <laughs> what you disagree? You think no? Oh. If I think. There's some other stuff. There's you some think? other stuff going on, John, yeah. and let me walk you through it. Okay. All right. Yeah. One is that all if right. he still thinks he should be president, then he should surround himself with the stuff of the president, the stuff that only the president would have, which are these top secret papers. And right. keeping that stuff around is like set dressing. The fact that I have this stuff that only a president should have means I am still the president. Dude, you know what I, mean? I would want that stuff around. It would be like if I stole the Pope's hat, you know? Because I've always wanted to be the Pope, but you can't be the Pope if you don't have that hat. And then I steal that hat and it's like, well, it looks like someone might be the Pope around here. Me. Right? Yeah. I think that's one reason he could have had the documents. Another reason, like I said, is just like he had the documents because he wasn't supposed to have the documents. There's another reason. This is the reason that I was proposing to you and Janie had a Tompkins on our text thread about all this stuff. Trump loves chaos and thrives in chaos. And when a system is up in the air and everything's swirling around in a tornado, that's when Trump feels the most comfortable because he can't play within the rules and he can't respect the norms. So if he can put everyone in a space where all that stuff is absolutely shattered and it's just completely bonkers, that's when he feels at home. So he probably stole that stuff to just to wait for the day it would come out that he stole it and then he can... While while responsible liberals in the deep state are trying to do everything by the book, well, we asked him. We asked him many times with our on our letterhead to return this stuff. He can just be out there going crazy, like they raided my house. They want to kill me. Everybody, send me money right now. Yeah, there's no way in a million years this wouldn't have come out because Trump at some point would have told them himself, like, oh, and by the way, I have all this top secret stuff. <laughs> come and get yeah. it because he needs yeah. the chaos. He needs a, not just the attention. He also needs the attention, obviously. But also that chaotic environment is one in which he can thrive relative to like Merrick Garland being like, well, we certainly don't, we certainly want everything to go according to the long established uh, uh, protocols that we have, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, he's out here doing so much unprecedented bullshit. No one knows how to handle it. You know what I mean? Like truly. Yeah. It'd be like if you were judging the Westminster dog show and you're like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to eat all the dogs. Well, you can't do that. It's never been done before. Let me check the rule book. Uh, let's see. It says Article 1.3. No judge or person attending the Westminster Dog Show shall inadvertently or by design hurt any of these animals. Like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to eat these dogs. Give me that dog. I'm going to eat that dog. Let that dog run around that hoop. And then when it gets here, I'm going to eat it. That's Trump. But in all seriousness, this week was the first time that a lot of the legal eagles uh, 
in the establishment, which are generally pretty conservative, you know, and I'm saying that with a lowercase c, uh, said that it it is it's gotten to the point that it is a toss up or more likely than not that Trump is going to be indicted over this. I'm still in that market. September 1st. Will Trump be indicted by September 1st? Come on, we're running out of time, y'all. Yeah, I mean, that's trading at two cents, one cents right now. I have bought more and more of that. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does- I don't think it's going to happen by that date. Right. And if only the CFTC hadn't weighed in and made it so predicted cannot put new markets, they would be allowed to put a new market. And those markets for would be October nuts. and November and December. Will Trump be indicted by October 1st? There'd be, definitely be some volume on that market. Absolutely. What a month. I mean, this is our last episode of August. What a month. Yeah. Lots happened. In North Carolina, Sherry Beasley and Ted Budd, both running for Senate, are tied. No one thought that was going to happen. Yeah, Civitas poll by the John Locke Foundation, which leans way, 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 way to the right, has them at 42.3%. Still, you know, a lot of undecided. But an earlier poll by the Trafalgar Group had Budd and Beasley, had Budd leading, but 48 to 45. So... Now, I'm predicted. I still think it's trading with the Republican winning at 70 or so, which- That's not that's not priced correctly, I don't think. You really? I think it is. I, th- I, think, I think Beasley having a 30% chance is pretty good. I think Beasley's going to win. I said it. I thrive in chaos. I'm a lesbian dance major. Okay. I mean, I think she could, I think she could win, but I, I don't think she's the favorite. No, she's not the favorite, but she's going to win. Billboard update. Holy smokes, guys. Holy smokes. What can we say? We announced the Billboard project last week. This is placing billboards in Ohio that say, J.D. Vance, you have no chance. You know why. Our fantasy, our our passionate fantasy was to have two billboards. So we were soliciting funds from you, our dear listeners. Well, one very generous listener stepped up and funded both billboards with one single payment. Thank you so much. Uh, we are not acknowledging by you by name um, out of respect for you and your very powerful family, Mr. Steven Spielberg. Um, but thank you for that. That freed up all the other donations that had been contributed by you, our dear listeners, to uh, perhaps renting a third billboard and, dare I say, even a fourth billboard. Well, the week has come and gone, and John and I are very pleased to announce that the J.D. Vance Billboard Project has surpassed our wildest expectations. We're not getting two billboards. We're not getting three billboards. Friends, we're not getting four billboards. I'm happy to say that on Friday afternoon, I signed a contract for a fifth billboard. We have five fucking J.D. Vance billboards going up all over Ohio. Two of them are already up. Two of them are already up. We got the report today. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. David sent it to me. He was like, here's a picture. I said, is that real? He said, yeah, it's real. So the first two billboards are up. We're going to start sending everyone who's, first of all, let me say this. Everyone who's donated, thank you for your donation. I haven't replied to any of you to say thank you, but I have received the donations and I've reviewed each individual donation so that I can keep a tally of where we are in our billboard budget. Okay. More than a hundred of you have donated to the JD Vance election profit makers billboard fund. Thank you all. When all billboards are up, you're all going to get a list of where the billboards are actually located. So that you and your family and your loved ones can go take selfies in front of these billboards. And let me tell you, some of these locations are top notch. We, we rented a billboard directly in front of a guitar store. So that people can go to the guitar store, buy an effects pedal, 
Come out and look at that billboard. Bing, bang, boom. Masters of the game. Masters of the billboard game. Yeah, so it was a lot of work. Of the, we were looking yeah. at a lot of maps. Oh, my God. Google Street View. I mean, it was like playing GeoGuessr, trying to figure out which way the sun was, which way the traffic, which side of the road the traffic was moving. John was in full boss mode because the billboard company sent us a photo of one particular billboard. And I was like, this billboard looks good because they send you a photo of the actual billboard. Right. And John was like, yeah, that billboard looks good. But when I go into Google Street View and back up, we can tell that the billboard will actually be blocked by a by a commercial building until the last minute. So the driver won't have time to process this important message. JD Vance, you have no chance. You know why. So we actually passed on that billboard. So John, thank you for everything you've done to make sure that each billboard location is ideal. And we got this one billboard outside of town, right by, right by a corn silo and a slag heap and a railroad track. I mean, this is like yeah. Winslow Homer. Yeah. Yeah, some agricultural infrastructure. Oh my God, That's good. Yeah, some some it's billboard gonna infrastructure. An, it's going to have happening. an impact. Definitely, I expect to see polling differences in the Ryan Vance race starting uh, tonight as as these first two billboards start to gain eyeballs. Uh, we'll definitely start to see some polling shifting. Okay, so seriously, thank you to everyone who's donated. We do now have five billboards going up. Two of them are already up. The other two, the other three are supposed to go up right after Labor Day. All the contracts have been signed. The, those billboards are fully paid for. So that means that, folks, we can afford a sixth billboard. Okay? And here's what I want to do. Let's do one more week of fundraising. If you haven't yet given money to the J.D. Vance Billboard Fund, but you're intrigued and you want to help out, we would really appreciate it. And let's say you have until this Friday... If you're going to make a donation or you've been sitting on the fence, now is the time. Okay. I'll take any money that we raise between now and Friday. And then John and I will kick in money and then we'll finish out either getting maybe one, maybe two billboards, seven billboards seems impossible, but let's try for a sixth billboard. Okay. So you can PayPal money to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Although somebody reminded me much too late. This is my own fault that we're, I'm going to get taxed on all this. Uh, that's fine. We'll eat the taxes. If you don't want to use PayPal, if you want to use Venmo, my Venmo account is at David, that's capital D-A-V-I-D, dash Reese, that's capital R-E-E-S as in solo, dash 32. That's the number 32, at David dash Reese dash 32. You can Venmo the money there. People have Venmoed me. And if you want to use Zelle, in that case, you use my personal email address, which is dr at mnftiu.cc. So there you go. PayPal, Venmo, or Zelle. I had some sent to me via Venmo as well. Oh, all right. So keep track of that. Which, Yeah, I am keeping track of that. Uh, someone also trolled us uh, by sending it via Ethereum, which is a cryptocurrency. And I had to spend 20 minutes signing up for something called Coinbase so that I could access the cryptocurrency. It was a generous donation. Thank you. Uh, I am still figuring out how to get that money uh, into the real world, uh, but I will keep uh, doing that because it was a nice donation. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. So that's it. You have one more week to donate. If you've been on the fence, let's do it. Let's end this on an even higher note than what we thought we would be. We started thinking we would have two billboards, and now, my goodness gracious, we already have five going up. And we still have one more week of donations. Thank you again to everyone who's donated. Yes. Amazing. Just amazing. Just when we saw the photo, when they sent us, 
I mean, every step of this, I have to say, has been totally exhilarating. I have to say that. From talking to billboard vendors on the phone to them sending over their maps with all the billboard options to then, you know, sending over the billboard design and paying the money. And then when they sent you the actual photo of the actual billboard and it's right there in the real world. And, you know, that even right now, at this very moment, someone in Ohio is driving by this billboard, is driving by this billboard. Oh, my God. Luke writes in, Howdy gents, I'm truly sorry that I feel compelled to write to you about the music video to one of the worst songs ever, but hey, what are you going to do? The opening scene of the aforementioned music video, a pastoral scene of a small countryside town before rock and roll had its nasty little way with it, is the skyline of my village of Corinth, Vermont. The cult film Beetlejuice was also partially filmed here. He's talking about a song by this band called Starship. Mm-hmm. And the song is called We Built This City Upon a Foundation of Rock and Roll Music. And um, we're not going to say anything else about the song other than that. Further about it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Then he writes, John, in your mind, does this idyllic Vermont scene count as a skyline? I lived in Asheville, North Carolina for 10 years and really enjoyed that particular skyline, but I don't love cities any larger than its size. Country living is for me. Love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. They don't allow billboards in the state of Vermont, but I would be happy to paint any message of your choice on the side of my barn. Wait, what? Signed, Luke. Uh, He has a barn in Vermont and we can paint a message on the side of it? That would be... Do you think that's real? Yeah. Oh. Oh, I didn't even see that. What race? In Vermont? I mean, he he could write something about J.D. Vance there. I don't know. I guess that's true. Let's think on that. What a great, what a great, generous offer. Thank you, Luke. And this was an interesting factoid about Corinth, Vermont and the skyline. You know, in terms of the question of, is that an actual skyline? I would say the skyline is in the eye of the beholder. And to me... Oh, that is not a skyline. It's just not big enough. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, but if it's a skyline to you, then yeah, go with that. It's up to you. Wow. That's pretty generous. Yeah. This is not the hard nosed arbiter of skylines that I know. This is a new, more mellow John Kimball skyline is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Someone else wrote in about the, the, um, was it the Ottawa skyline or the Quebec City skyline? I think it was the Ottawa skyline. We got Canadians coming in, hyping their Canadian. Yeah, skylines. we got Canadians coming in. You know, in Canada has these amazing skylines, but they they are not necessarily in in Ottawa, okay, uh, or Quebec City, in my opinion. In your but opinion, I did, yes, I did appreciate that email, um, especially the ending that said that helicopters are infrastructure, which was a great callback. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of our podcast. If you want to donate to the J.D. Vance Billboard Fund, now is the time. We'll take donations through the end of the week, and hopefully we'll get six or maybe even seven billboards up. But thanks again to your generosity, because we have five that are going to go up in Ohio. And that's just, just wonderful. Blanketing the entire state, pretty much, at this point. We got them in the Akron area. We got them in the Dayton area. We got them in the Marion area. We got them in the Findlay area. Where will the next one go? Where will the next one go? 
Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers and send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.